I, I would definitely say pleasure is not happiness. Because I think you, I kill pleasure. Like, like I take too much of it in and therefore make it unpleasurable. Like, like too much coffee and you're miserable, you know? And, and that, I do that to pleasure often, you know? And so I don't, I, I don't think, yeah. there is no pleasure that I haven't actually made myself sick on. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. I am sitting here in my brother's basement. Dave is going to do this episode with uh, talking about the multi-talented Philip Seymour Hoffman, who went way too soon. Dave, what was the exact age that he, he passed away? He was 46. 46 years young. So full of talent, full of life. He had dreams. And, you know, from my opinion, I think that he fulfilled his dreams. As far as being on the stage and in film, are you right? Am I right on that? Yeah, I think um, he did a lot of everything he set out to do with being a successful actor. There's no doubt about it. He was successful. He was very happy with the work he did. Right. You know, well, for the most part, uh, he was very critical, of course. I he think, was his right. own worst critic, which isn't which a big is, surprise when it comes to a great artist of that stature. Right. And I've heard him say that uh, he loves acting uh, and he never... Whoa. It, yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure if anyone can hear that in the background, but that's my dog losing his mind. Yeah. Is there like a... Probably a dog and, walking and, in okay. the street. Uh, we might hear that from time to time <laughs> in this episode. It's all right. Sorry. We love the doggies. Um... <laughs> But, uh, you know, I wanted to do this episode of Philip Seymour Hoffman with my brother Dave because, like I've stated in the past, there are certain <clears throat> actors, um, artists, that require special attention, okay? Together we did Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, we did Charlie Sheen, uh, Sean Penn we did together. Right. And these are special actors. And I'm not saying that the other actors I did aren't special or films that I've talked about. But when it comes to an actor like Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he was actually recommended in a special episode because there's Re this... Requested. Yeah. You know, and I don't get that many requests. But recently I did get a request for <clears throat> Hoffman. And I said, yes. It's been way too long. Why not? I mean, we talked about, I'm talking about me and you. We talked about doing Phil like over a year ago mm -hmm. when we did um, Robin Williams. I think at the end of that episode, we mentioned Hoffman. And probably during Tom Cruise as well. Uh, we might have, yeah. I'm sure. And, and we've always had that in the back of our heads. Um, an artist that, for me, the very first time I saw him, I think, was in Boogie Nights. Now, when mm -hmm. was the first time you wrecked? They well, just saw him. That's the thing. I know I had I probably seen some movies that he had done that were pretty small parts, like Scent of a Woman. Oh, right. But I mean, there were so there were such small parts. But the one time I do remember, I was like, "Wow, that guy's really good." Was Patch Adams? Yes. Which I think was a year after Boogie Nights, if I'm not mistaken. But I didn't see Boogie Nights until later. Okay. Until years after it was released. Yeah, because Boogie Nights came out, I think, in ninety seven, ninety eight. Right, yeah. Boogie Boogie Nights was ninety seven. Patch Adams was ninety eight. Okay, but I saw Patch Adams first, and then I okay loved his performance. It, I mean, we'll I probably mean, dude, get to that eventually. That's but pretty close that's, together. That's what I was just like. You know, there's certain actors who are just like, man, they explode on the on, yes. the, on the screen. 
Didn't he do that in, in Boogie Nights? He did it in everything. <laughs> well, Patch Ed, I'm talking about the very first time you saw, when you see an actor. Yeah. And you go, fuck. Like, you have got it. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, you have got it. To quote Martin Short in Three Amigos, <laughs> which is a great... <laughs> you know, I wanted to see that the other day. We were, <laughs> I, we were watching a um, Martin Short movie. We'll be watching uh, Three Fugitives. Oh yeah, that's classic. Uh, we watched um not Three Fugitives. Was it was he in Three Fugitives? Yeah. He yeah, was in that one. Too. Yeah, in Pure Luck. Yeah. Right? Right. And I don't know, we're getting off of We're film. on a tangent. We were on a tangent, but I want to get back on Hoffman. Dave, I <sighs> This was uh before we get into it, this yeah. was a really difficult one to do for several reasons. One and I told Jeff this is kind of it's a tragic yeah. story of his life. Um, to his body of work, there's so much. That's what I was, I looked there's, and I said, there's a lot. I, and, f- I forgot he was in Twister. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's done so much work and also, <clears throat> excuse me, he's not like your typical, he's not like one that we've done with like Tom Cruise and Sean Penn and Charlie Sheen and Jim Carrey, where they're so full of like all this stuff you could talk about because Hoffman was so private. He, he wasn't in the tabloids. He wasn't the, no. one of those kind of actors where he was like... He slipped under. Right. And he wanted it that way. Oh, and yeah. We'll get into that later. But that's where it's tough on to, to do a podcast about someone like that doesn't have all this meaty stuff to talk about and all this controversial shit. Maybe it, not in the controversial sense of a Tom Cruise or a Jim Carrey, like you stated, but he does have other things that we need to talk about. Well, sure. Okay. Of course. And he does. I I find him to be a very deep person. A person, like you said, he lived in the village, I think. Like New York. village. Yeah. New York was his home. He loved it there. Mm -hmm. He grew up in Freeport, which is a suburb of Rochester. Yeah. Up north in uh, New York, upstate New York. Uh, Very cold region. A lot of snow, a lot of freezing cold days. Uh, That's where he grew up. and this is a very important part of his childhood. We might as well get into his childhood now, okay? His parents divorced him when he was nine years old. And I find it very interesting, doing my research on Phil, he hardly ever talks about his father. Um, did you, in your research, find anything where he referenced his father? Did he bring mm. him ev- ever bring him up? Not really, no. I mean, his dad left at nine. So, I mean, was he ever a part of his life after that? I don't, I don't think know. he was. I don't know. That's tough, man. And his dad's name is was it Gordon? I think it's Gordon. His 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 yeah. father's name is yeah. Gordon Stoll Huffman. Okay. Who worked at Xerox. Thank oh. you. Yeah. I have a Xerox shirt. I just came from work. <laughs> I work at Xerox. So Phil and I have a connection. His dad worked at Xerox. I'm not sure in what capacity his dad worked at Xerox, but I, I saw that. I was like, okay, all right. Um but he speaks very highly of his mom, Marilyn, and this is why. He says that her passions became his passions. <clears throat> and what were some of her passions, Dave? She loved the theater. Yes. And at a young age, I think he was um, around 12. Okay. He saw his uh, Arthur Miller's yes. play, All My Sons. That was the first and production he saw. I'm sure on Broadway. Yeah, probably. When he was 12. Yeah. Uh, his mom was big into theater, and she also was big into sports. 
Yeah, and he, in high school, was really into sports. He played baseball, and he wrestled. I looked that up. I went on a classmates.com, my favorite website, looking up yearbooks and whatnot. <laughs> I can't help it. So weird. Yeah, it's not, though, because <laughs> it isn't. I got to tell you, I'm a yearbook guy. I've stated that in the past, and I will look up famous people, their yearbooks. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And most of them are on there, but... yeah. Uh, he graduated in 85, okay, and for Fairport, that was the high school he went to, um, there are yearbooks on there, 83 and 84, damn it. Oh. I know, right? But he's in the 83 one and the 84 one, where he's a sophomore and a junior. Oh, my God, dude. I, I look at these pictures. He's so young. He looks yeah, completely well, different. Yeah, he does. I he know does. I, I saw some pics of him in, in high school, and I was just like, I mean, it resembles him, but you're just little, like, little, little bit. I mean, it yeah. looks like him. He looked but, like he was a jock. Like, he was I a know, bigger type of guy. And it's kind of hard to picture him as a jock, knowing this career he had in acting yeah. and, and, you know, right. pretty much overweight. For, for most of his career. Well, he became overweight later on with his addiction yeah. to food, maybe. I mean, right. plus the right. guy, I don't think he worked out. I don't... Only, it, only if the... the, the cart, only if he was looking to okay. lose weight. Okay. You know, but otherwise, I mean, yeah. He's yeah, but, you know, getting back on to... On the chubby side, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But getting back to high school and in sports, which I find interesting because my brother and I love sports as well. When we were kids, we played sports. Baseball, mostly, but we wrestled as well. Right. Yep. So did Phil. Yeah. Phil loved wrestling, basketball, and baseball. And he was on the wrestling team in his freshman year, and something happened. He got an injury. Do you remember yeah, where? He, what did he hurt? He hurt his neck. And so that was, it seems like that's one of the reasons he kind of geared towards theater. Yes. The big reason. Another reason. What's that? There was a girl. Yes. <laughs> and yes. she was. She was going to audition, I think, for a, a play or a musical, and um, he's like, well, uh, yeah, me too. And he <laughs> just kind of, like, he got involved in that way, just kind of chasing a girl, and yeah. he realized how much he loved it. He loved the whole idea, the working with all these different people and, yeah. and the camaraderie. Yeah, it. yeah. So it, he kind of fell in love with it just by those two circumstances, I believe. Big time. Really kind of... and. His older brother is, uh, Gordy. I think, three years older than him. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he was a, into acting. Um, and if uh, you remember the documentary Too Young to Die, which I watched a couple of nights ago, and I think you did too, mm -hmm. um, they mentioned that um, the, the fact that, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Okay. Okay. I'm going to try to get back on track here. You talk about Gordy and he was... Okay, yeah. His brother Gordon was into acting, okay, and told his acting teacher at the time that I have a little brother and he might be acting soon and he's going to be better than me, you know? <laughs> and the acting teacher's like, okay, and they call him Little Hoffman, I think. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And that is a true story about him following a girl to an audition. I think that's cute. Yeah. Okay, and a lot of actors sort of admit that, that getting into acting, like... You meet a lot of girls, and that's cool. And I love hearing about those things. And when he went in, auditioned, I think he got a small role in a play, and he worked his way up into a lead role. And one of the most important roles he played in his young life was on the stage in Fairpoint High School, where he played Willie Loman, Death of a Salesman, his senior year. And he blew everybody away. They said, 
What are you doing? Doing Death of a Salesman in a high school production. Who could pull off Willie Loman? Like a teenager? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't see it happening. It's going to bomb. And he blew everybody away. The teacher said that when they were given their curtain calls, everybody at once stood up and gave him applause. That he was that good. And the mom didn't know that her son was just had this gift. And that he could do something with that. Yeah. The kid was special. From mm-hmm. the start. From the start. So what happened after high school? <clears throat> Where'd he go? Um, well, in 84, he was selected to be in uh, the New York State Summer School. Okay. Which was um, in Saratoga Springs, and he met <clears throat> Bennett Miller. Yes, very important. Yeah. Very they, important. You know, they're about 16, 17 years old at this time. Yeah, very young. Um, and remained friends through their adulthood. They stayed in touch. And, you know, Bennett Miller ended up directing Capote. Yes, sir. He also directed Moneyball. Yeah, I didn't know that. And Foxcatcher. Okay, wow. So, but this is where they met, you know. It was like a summer stock thing? It was like a... it's I have here. It's New York State Summer School of the yeah. Arts. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Even like Brando would do stuff like that. Right. Summer stock. So it's a great way to get your feet wet. Uh, they would do like dozens of plays. They wouldn't concentrate on just one play. Mm-hmm. And you would do dozens of roles. And it really just gives you a taste of acting, playing all these different characters. And I think that's what Philip Seymour Hoffman just dove into. Um, he loved stepping into the skin of other people. And later on, doing my research, I found that that made him happy. Because I don't think he was happy with who he was. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. He felt he was too boring. I don't see how that's possible. Because he doesn't seem boring to me. I mean, I don't know. In real life, is he boring? Or did he think he was boring? Um, I don't know. Uh, That's apparently an impression that you got. Yes. Okay. Um... I, I wouldn't say that's the impression I got. Okay. I just I feel he was so devoted and uh, passion with acting. Okay. <clears throat> it was his life. He really, he was like a workaholic. I feel. Yes. And let, <coughs> let's Excuse get it, let's get into this right now. <sighs> he was an addict. Okay, and this will flow right. into the next stage of his life. It, okay. Right. It does. Because right after the summer stock theater that he was involved in, right after high school, he went to college. A very good college. <laughs> NYU's yeah. Tisch School of the Arts. That's not easy to get into. Okay? It, it, him getting into there was an accomplishment. It is. Getting into NYU is not easy. Getting into Tisch is not easy. I remember Doug White, my our buddy, he tried out for that. Okay? It's not easy to get into. Just like uh, maybe not as hard as Juilliard, maybe. Because uh-huh. Juilliard's tough. Yeah. But Tish is right up there. So he's getting top-notch um, study at this school. Um, but something happened during this time in his life. He <clears throat> what got happens in, to a lot of college students? I, he got uh, into drinking. Okay, and, and that I get. Yeah, but right. there's a normal way, and then there's the over-the-top dangerous way. Right, and that's the path he went down. What the he, hell he did he a, do there? He says pretty much everything. I mean, he said in his own words, anything he get his hands on. Wow. So you're talking. He was. He loved all of it, and that's where it comes into that addictive personality, that obsession. He he got into all of that stuff. 
Man. And there's a difference between experimenting and, and having a good time. Yes. And then fully encompassing all of that and it kind of taking over your life. That's the dangerous and that's part. exactly what happened because um, after he graduated... Yeah. And he did graduate with a bachelor's in drama, I believe. Okay. And Sounds right. So at the age of 22, he checked himself into a rehab. That is unbelievable. It is. How many 22-year-olds go into rehab? That's how much he knew. Not many, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Not many. That's... Um, and this was probably a choice he made. I'm not quite sure if his mom knew what I, the hell was no, going on. I think this was all his idea. That I mean, his... He knew his problem was that strong that he had to check himself into rehab and get sober, or he knew he was going to die. And I think the nasty drug ultimately was heroin. That's he was the doing, ultimate. He was doing heroin at the age of 20. Okay. Um, <clears throat> wow. Getting your hands on heroin at the age of 20 at Tish. Where, where the hell was this kid hanging out? Well, dude, it's in New York. I, I, okay. Come on. Okay. That's true. That's okay. That's I all seem he, to yeah. I mean, I, that's I, I stand corrected, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I guess readily available if you want it, you can get it. Right. Very easily, and it's so sad to think about that when he talks about uh, the fact that he went to rehab at the age of twenty-two makes you go, wow. And he, you know, he remained sober for twenty-three years, and uh, we're gonna get to that later. But I reference this to you in our conversation over the phone yesterday okay and this is one of the things i wanted to talk to you about is that doing my research on phil and knowing that he went to rehab at 22 and he stayed sober for what are you saying a couple of decades 23 years okay i find that hard to believe but i think you convinced me that i think he was sober yeah for that long yeah and we're going to reveal later on in the episode at the end when we talk about his death and we're going to explain why we say that mm-hmm. because it'll, it'll make sense at that point. He had to stay sober, yeah. had to, yeah. in order to live. Yeah, to achieve everything he wanted to. And let's go to it now. Okay, let's do it. The career of Hoffman begins shortly after he graduates. I mean, like every struggling actor, it was a slow, it was a slow process of... Uh, yes and no. Work. Uh, okay, now, in your research, did you find that he had a significant gap in getting stage work? Well, I know he would get some... I know he would get some, like, off-Broadway work. Yes. But, I mean, that's not steady work. It's off-Broadway. No, but I think um, he was working. But he also had to have a regular job. Now, which, I, he apparently, he wasn't even good at that either. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I, mean, I didn't get into that. Did you yeah, know any I mean, jobs that he had? He was, you know, a server. And oh, he got okay. fired as being a server. Really? He's like, man, I can't, I'm not acting. I'm not, <laughs> I got fired as a server. You know, it was that, <laughs> that period of time where it's like, it's, it's got to be rough, you know? You're, oh, sure. You're trying yeah. to be an actor and you're, you're trying to make a living. And so he went through that spell that all these actors. Most do. Most should. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, and I want to point out that when he left college and embarked on his career as an actor, he never really saw himself doing anything other than theater. He just didn't see it. He thought he would just be a theater actor. Yeah. And he was okay with that. And some actors are. Sure. But most really aspire to hit the big time. Mm-hmm. And even though Broadway, in my opinion, is the big time, 
I think that's the ultimate as far as acting goes. It may not get the celebrity of a movie star. Yeah, well, okay? that was never really his... His goal. No. But it was just to be a working actor. That was his goal. He wanted to be yeah. able to work Do- as an actor and make his living doing just that. Yeah, doing good work yes. and making a living off of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what most actors should strive for instead yeah. of trying to be the next Tom Hanks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Hoffman's goal was to do that, and he slowly started getting roles. You know, yes. he would, in, and I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead, but in '92 he got a small role in *Scent of a Woman* with Al Pacino, mm-hmm. Chris O'Donnell's in it, mm-hmm. and he says he would not have the success he had if it wasn't for that role. *Scent of a Woman*. Yeah. Okay, now, why did he say that? Is it because of the people he met or just the experience? I think it was a little of all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, his career really started to roll after that to where he was getting consistent work all the time. He okay. was actually being... He was actually a working actor, which is really all I believe he wanted. Okay, and I'm looking at my... my uh, the IMDb, the resume of this very talented man... Um, he said he only did one television role, and that was the very first job he ever got. Law and Order. Okay, that got him in the door. And that was the only TV he ever did. He was primarily theater and movies. So, yeah, Son of a Woman. Right, right after he did Leap of Faith with, with Steve Martin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very small role. Mm-hmm. And then Son of a Woman. And then I did, I, wow, I mean, there are, it's amazing. I, I think the next one we should point out is Heart 8. And why is that important, Dave? <clears throat> Who did he meet on that film? Well, uh, a couple of people, but... Paul Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes, sir. P.T. Anderson. Um, and, and a funny tidbit on that, it's not really funny, but... <laughs> a tidbit nonetheless. <laughs> a tidbit. <laughs> um, a year before he got the script for this, he went and saw the Sundance film of Cigarettes and Alcohol. Oh, yeah, okay. And so Hoffman went to this preview or you know the premiere yeah he saw that loved it thought it was great and this was sundance this was the sundance you know it was just a short film and that was by pta right okay and um i think a year or so later his manager's like there's this guy i met his name is paul anderson and he's a fan and so paul was a fan yeah of phil yes (laughs) and hoffman you know he's not huge at this time so he's like Wow, a fan. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. great. <laughs> you know? And he read the script and he knew right away, this is the guy who wrote Cigarettes and Alcohol. So he read Heart Aid and went, eh, this seems familiar. Yeah. In a way, he recognized the work of Paul Thomas Anderson. And wouldn't you know it, those two became very, very close friends up until the very end. They would hang out together. I mean, that was the relationship they had. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman said that that was just the way PTA is, that he finds the talent and he finds these interesting people. And I think that someone like a PTA has a keen eye in finding talent. And when you find them and you work well together and you just click with one another, why break that up? He, yeah, and why? They, they worked a lot together. Oh, I man. Mean, I think there were like six or seven projects in a row that PTA did yeah, that was Phil like was in. Only one that they didn't. Was uh, but there will be blood, I think was the first one, that that Phil was not in. Like what what happened? Did you guys get in a fight? 
goes, no, I, I, there just wasn't a role in there for me. Yeah. And I think someone asked him, like, were you kind of, like, upset by that, that he didn't, like, include you in this film? Because he had you in every film since then. Yeah. So did you have a falling out? He's like, no. He just, you know, he goes, I kind of felt that was kind of great. You know, he wasn't just, like, singing me out. Like, I'm just going to have you in every movie I do because we're buddies. He realized that that there wasn't a role for me, and that was okay. That was great. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. The, the guy is just, he's real. He understands how the business works. Being an actor is so hard. <laughs> it's so hard to do it. I don't think people realize. Okay, the audience listening to this episode of The Actor's Room, being an actor is really fucking hard. It is. Sustaining being an actor it, is not easy. N- no, and what made... Philip Seymour Hoffman so great is that, and we've mentioned this on so many podcasts, is his versatility. Yes. And we'll go through, and we can't go through all of his movies. We can't. But, <laughs> but what made him so great is that he literally could play anybody. It seemed that Anyone way. at all. Yes. And just delve into being this character that was believable mm-hmm. in and no, it sounds simple as to just be a character and be believable, but he made it look so easy. In a way, that's true. It, it was effortless. It looked effortless. Yeah. We're not it, saying it he, was effortless. No. It, it <laughs> that's was, a difference. It was the farthest thing for <laughs> no. him to do these roles effortlessly. Yes. yes. But when you're watching, you really believe he is, <clears throat> you know, this punk kid who was in Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, my God. Or yeah. he was, uh, you know, a, a transgender in... Um, flawless. Flawless. Mm-hmm. Or, or a gay guy in Boogie Nights. Oh, my God. Or, you know, the bad guy in Mission Impossible 3. It, it, it was just... It didn't matter what role he had. He it nailed was... it every time. He made it believable. And that's why he's so... Beloved. Beloved by... Everybody in the industry. I was thinking about that. I wanted to bring that up to you. Do you think, is it possible that any actor in showbiz or anybody, period, that respects acting, art, doesn't like Hoffman? No. I don't think there is one. Now, you could take almost any actor and you will find on YouTube in the comment section people dogging them. I don't like them. It doesn't even matter if they don't like their acting. They just don't like the person. It turns them off. Hoffman, it just it, to me, I don't think he has any like what you would call people that just don't like him or dog him. He's a special case in art, in movies, in the theater, and. Let's go ahead and, and talk about probably his biggest role in the beginning, I think, was Boogie Nights. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, do you agree? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I got to tell you, he pulled off that character so well. I personally believed for a while. I'm not saying how long. I don't know. I thought he was gay. Well, that. Exactly. Uh, am I wrong? No. Okay. I, it, I did. And I kind of saw him as gay. And it didn't take anything away from Hoffman it, in any way, but he pulled that character off so well. <laughs> I thought he was gay. Well, and I don't think he was at all. No, but he wasn't. Um, it, as a man, he was so sensitive. He oh, was yeah. so vulnerable. Yes. Um, 
that, you know, I mean, a lot of guys, it's, it's really hard to, you know, we're not maybe wired that way. But he was to that point where, um, just in regular life, I mean, he was just a sensitive guy. Yes, he so, was. Does that play into his addiction, being so sensitive? Yeah, of course it does. Easily swayed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Giving in to certain yeah. pleasures that he says. But, and, and that's why, I mean, he's able to pull off these great characters like Scotty J oh. and Boogie Nights. Like, you really believe this guy is a homosexual and he loves Marky Mark. Yeah, his so character much. so much. I, we have Mark to talk. Mark let's yeah, not I mean, call him Marky right. Mark. <laughs> Not um, bad. We have to talk about that landmark scene. Yeah. Okay. Where he tries to kiss Wahlberg. Yeah. What a scene. It it makes you feel so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. All around. Just like you feel so bad for him. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, this poor guy. Yeah, he's like, pathetic. He just, he's like, yeah, he's pathetic and he just, you know, please kiss me. Will you, will you kiss me? You know, it's just like, oh, my God. You know, he, you want to kiss me? He's trying everything. It's sad. He loves him so much, and it's so obvious. The very first time you see his character walk into that party, right? He's the boom guy yeah. on all the films in, in Boogie Nights. So he's around everything. And the very first time you see his character walk in, you are drawn to him. You just are. Like, your eyes go to him, and right off the bat, you could tell he loves him. Right, Like, the very first time yeah. he sees him, right? <laughs> like, even PTA yeah. with his director you know, camera lens, you get like zoned in on Mark Wahlberg in like Phil's eyes, right? He's like, vroom. <laughs> he goes, vroom. And he just, the whole movie centered around the fact, not the whole movie, but his character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, it affected me so much, that character. I remember talking to you about that role yeah. and how it affected us. We're like, we got to keep an eye on this guy. He's good. For sure. Okay. And so, yeah. Anything else about Boogie Nights? Uh, no, you would like just, to talk it, about. It's a great movie. I mean, yeah. Um, it, all around, I enjoy Boogie Nights. I thought it was better than Magnolia for a while. I think I've turned that around. Magnolia is a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, and we'll get to that in a sec. But after Boogie Nights was Patch Adams, right? Which was really for me the first time I was like, "Holy cow, who's this guy?" And I know we've talked about this movie in. Ex- Excess when we, we talked about Robin Williams. So we don't have to talk about it a whole lot other than I loved his character in this because he was such a dick. But yeah, he was. if you think about it, dude, he's just the kid who's trying to be a doctor. Right. The best doctor he could be because I think his dad was a doctor. Okay. Yeah. There's like this line. Yeah. And he knew that watching his dad, there's a certain way to be a doctor. Okay. Learn not, everything you right. can. We're not here Study. to entertain the, pa- the patients here. Right. We're to make them feel better. And and that's why I love that scene with him and Robin Williams where he's just like, you know, he's like, this, is, ba- this, this is, is not a joke. Yeah, you know, this he's is like, serious business. He's like, I want to be a doctor. He's like, this isn't a game to me. Right. You know, this isn't playtime. Right. I love that. This isn't playtime. And, and, <laughs> and this is where, I mean, like, dude, and no one gets... I love how he gets it's so mad. angry. Oh, dude, and not just does. this movie, but in almost every movie he's A lot in of them. It. Man, yeah. his rage is bar none yes. the best. And people close to him, including his... I don't think they ever got married. Was her name no. Mimi? Mimi O'Donnell. Okay. They never got married, but she was his significant other. For they sure. were practically married. For sure. Okay. Right. She would mention that. 
as soft and everything and playful as he was, he had that anger thing. Of course. He would explode. It was a little scary, but that was Phil. And you see it in his movies, man. He brings it. it and, and, I've, and I've always brought, like, at this stage in his career, I mean, he's still, I mean, he's not that well-known. No, he's on his way. But he's on his way. He's on his way big time. Yes. But you're with this task of yelling at Robin Williams, who who the fuck doesn't know who he is. Well, I yeah. mean, that's kind of, I, I'm sorry. I feel that's a little intimidating to be like, this is the role and this is what, you know. And he's able to bring it like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, it's pretty amazing. When you could go toe-to-toe with Robin Williams and, you know, you're you're not that established just yet. Like, right. you're still... I mean, he's worked with a lot of talented people at this point. Exactly. Oh, we're you talking about Phil? Yeah. Yeah, oh, sure. And I'm just like... And he goes toe-to-toe with uh, pretty much the best of them. Well, if, yeah. If throughout his career, he oh, does yeah. that. He likes yelling at all the great ones. <laughs> I don't care if you're... I don't care who you are. <laughs> well, yeah, that's whether true. you're Tom yeah. Hanks or Meryl Streep later on in his career, uh-huh. he yells uh-huh. at all of the top dogs. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of impressive. It is. Um, but uh, uh, before we, we move on from Patch Adams. Yeah. Okay. The movie he did right before that. Let me uh, make sure uh, that's true. Okay. Patch Adams. A film called Happiness. I watched it. Whoa. Did you read up on that movie? I know of it. Okay. I have not seen it. He plays a pretty pathetic guy. Like, a sex addict. Uh, he calls up people and, like, masturbates on the phone. Phone uh, sex. Yeah, phone sex. Uh, a very, uh, you know, <laughs> progressive movie. A lot of people love this one with Phil. Uh, it was right before Patch Adams. It's a movie of note to watch. If you've never seen Happiness and you're a fan of Hoffman, you see a side of him. Really good to see. And he appreciated this one. Phil did. Hmm. Uh, one of his best roles, he felt. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, you know, t- I don't know. I-, I think I saw it on YouTube, and I liked it. And-, and it was right before Patch Adams, and, you know, a lot of people really love Patch Adams. And uh, You got a good taste of, like, a mainstream role, although, you know, Boogie Nights was pretty mainstream. It wasn't a big role. Not mm, like no. Patch Adams. Uh, I am I right? Well, I don't know. They were uh, both pretty small supporting roles. Uh, maybe Patch Adams was a little bit more, more okay time. But, but he's but getting up there, folks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is. And and then he gets even more with in '99 and Flawless. I have yeah. Unless I'm missing something. No, no. Okay. Um, what did you think of that performance? He pulls it off. Uh, of course he does. That's all. I mean, this is going to be a reoccurring thing. He pulls it off. Man, what a character. Um, tough. To, tough to pull off. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, it is. To... A transvestite. Uh, and we've talked about this before. Where if, you don't, if you go into a role like that and you don't pull it off, you could look really stupid. Yeah, you can. You can. I don't know if it's going to ruin your career, but it can take a step back. Right. <laughs> For sure. And working alongside uh, De Niro as well. Yeah. You want to look like an idiot. We got De Niro. Another one he yells at. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and De Niro was, of course, one of his idols, like one of the top idols when he was growing up. And he, he told a cute story about being on that set. And he's like, you know, I knew I was going to be acting with De Niro, you know. And I was like, wow, great. And we started a scene. You know, I met him beforehand. We had a conversation, whatever. And they yell action. And I'm behind a door. And Robert De Niro's coming up. And he opens the door, and I was face-to-face with Robert De Niro, 
and I couldn't believe it. Like, it, it hit me at that point where I was in the world, where I was in my craft, Yeah. you know, in my career. No kidding. I was face-to-face with De Niro, my idol. Yeah. Kind of hit me. And he was like, whoa, this is great. Forgot my line. <laughs> I, you know, I regained composure. But I was face-to-face with this legend. And, you know, the, the movie itself, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's all right. You know, right. uh, but the choices he makes... Um, and me doing research on Hoffman, he kind of was like, yeah, this role, eh. I don't think he really wanted to talk about this role. I don't think he wanted to be defined as a certain character. He wants to be so free. And it shows in this performance how free he is. But I think that he always looks ahead. Like, what's next? I don't really want to, you know, delve into one character. I want to see what else is out there. So after Flawless... What is next that you have that you want to talk about? Well, I have Magnolia. Yeah, I think that's the next one, dude. Yeah. And yeah. and this is another P.T. Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hoffman thinks this is the best film he's ever not only seen but been a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read this quote. Go for it. From Hoffman, he's like, I think Magnolia is one of the best films I've ever seen, and I can say that straight. Straight out, and anybody that disagrees with me, I'll fight you to the death. <laughs> He's like, I just think it's one of the greatest films I've ever been in and ever seen. Hmm. Hmm. And here's another thing. There aren't many actors that watch their, stu- their stuff a lot. I think Hoffman did. He enjoyed watching not only movies. He enjoyed watching himself. I think he learned from watching himself mm-hmm. and enjoyed watching his movies. There's nothing wrong with that. Or not enjoyed. You know, you know he was very critical. So right. There's some, there some performances he did where he was just like, hey. But you're learning something but from that. We, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. He liked watching himself. Yeah. I like that. He's. Some actors don't. Probably to learn maybe what to do better next time. I or... think it's valuable to watch yourself. Yeah. There's, I don't think but... there's anything wrong with that. He enjoyed watching his films. Sure. You know, I, I like that. I mean, I don't know. I Doing research on this guy, I, Dave, I'm looking at his resume. I can't believe it. No, it's kind of hard to believe. I just, cause... because, Magnolia, we got to talk about it because there are so many great moments that he gives us. And Tom Cruise does great, of course. Yeah. John C. Riley, another whole... close friend of his, by the way, John yeah. C. Riley. Yeah. They were very close. I mean, what performances this movie gave let's talk about phil's performance go ahead what's your favorite moment in that film from phil man it's tough um because he's truly vulnerable and on i mean he's on it he's on and and for such a small part it's really small part yeah i think not really small but it's small enough to where there's so many other main characters I mean, it's a movie that follows a lot of different characters. Okay. So it's like, oh, everybody's like a supporting role, but he's like a right. supporting role of a supporting role. Okay, I get You know you what there. I mean? Yeah, okay, I get that. And, you know, he has his good moments with Jason Robards, mm. of course. Yeah. But it's when, I, I and we talked about this during the Tom Cruise episode, mm-hmm. is when Tom Cruise is there mm-hmm. and... He's losing it. Mm-hmm. And then you see Philip Seymour Hoffman also losing it. He's like in the background. Is, yeah. I think, the best part of that scene. 
He's so involved. And Isn't he's he? so vulnerable. He's so affected. And I think that's what makes him so great. I'm not sure. I don't know how many lines he even had in that part of the, the yeah. that scene. Well, his I don't think he had any. Well, his significant dialogue comes when he's searching for Tom Cruise's character. Mm-hmm. Okay, when he's on the phone. Yeah, he's, he's ordering all that stuff. Yeah. He wants to get a penthouse. And, and he, I mean, he really goes to it, trying to find Tom Cruise. Yeah. Okay? He's like... You know, I know this sounds corny about, you know, finding that long-lost son, but this is the scene. Yeah, like, th- yeah. This is what happens in movies. Like, this is actually happening. Yeah. And you get it. Like, the way he <coughs> delivers his line there. Like, this is, you know, this is that scene. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, the guy, it just, for me, with that performance, it, it, it touched me in a way of watching an actor so there, in the moment, you know, you talk about moment-to-moment acting and how important it is. You do your research, you read your lines, you memorize them. And, and Hoffman would say that memorizing lines, he didn't do that because he would just do it in rehearsal. You know, he's like, you memorize a line, it's on the paper, and you read it that way, it comes off that way. You, you, you learn your lines by just doing it. Mm-hmm. He didn't sit, you know, <clears throat> okay, here's all my lines, uh, and he took a, a, a day and, like, yeah, memorized well, no, his lines. I bet he did. I don't think so. Not what I, I, from my, what I heard. Yeah, no, I, okay. I, I read a little differently. Okay, now you read that he would memorize his lines? To at least read scripts and, okay. yeah, and, and, and really kind of memorize. I mean, I would think he would memorize his lines. Okay. I mean, he wasn't like a Brando. <laughs> yeah, you want to get that I mean, out there. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he definitely would know his lines, but maybe a little, I don't know. Okay, well, and this might be a good time to bring this up because we're talking about Magnolia and his friendship with John Riley, who I find to be a very talented actor as well. Uh, yeah, uh, underrated awesome. actor. He's just good. Okay? Well, yeah, he, he is. Yeah, he's yeah, very he's, good. He's fantastic. He could do almost anything as well, within reason. Okay, their friendship was deep, deep enough where they collaborated to do um, True West on Broadway. Okay, and this was for both of them very important artistically. Um, both of them love theater. And the special part of this is that they switched roles. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Sounds awesome. Familiar. And I saw clips where they had a scene in there, and you got one doing a scene, the other doing uh, the character, and then they switched. And you see like the same scene, and they switch characters. Wow. How brilliant! And each of them did it differently, of course, because they're different people. Yeah. You know, and yeah. John Riley said he tried to imitate what Phil did with the role when they switched. And he said, I just couldn't do it because <laughs> I'm not Phil. Phil has his way of doing it. I have my way of doing it. Right. I couldn't mimic him. That's stupid. And that's what they were talking about their lines in this interview I saw. They're like, we just did it. Like, I saw the lines and like, because we switched roles, we had to know the whole play. Yeah. All the lines. <clears throat> and it was the... The act of doing it was the best way to get into the characters. And now we're kind of diving into being an actor. And that's what Philip Seymour Hoffman was all about. The work. Mm-hmm. And doing it right. Yeah. That was the joy. And, and the fact that you would do a performance, and that's the beauty of theater, you can have a great day. And he says, you would do a great performance, and you knew it was great because you actually slept that night. You had a good <laughs> night's sleep. And when you didn't... You didn't sleep well. You were thinking about it, but you always had tomorrow. Yeah. That was a great thing about theater. Yeah. It really is. He says it's a living organism. 
always moving around and breathing. And, and I think that's where the beauty of acting, the true actors love the stage. He did too. Absolutely. Okay. I would have loved to have seen that performance. True West yeah. on Broadway with those two guys. No kidding. Oh, I'm sure that was great. All right, man. So uh, I think we talked a lot of Bad Ma- uh, Magnolia. I want to move on to uh, the next big one? Well, or is there something else you want to touch on? I don't know which one you really want to delve into the most. Well, talented Mr. Ripley, we can kind of, yeah, a fun yeah. role for him. How's the peeping, Tommy? <laughs> How's the peeping? It, it was just, <laughs> I think he just loved to play that role. Oh, yeah. That, that preppy he was boy. Such and... a, he was so good at being an asshole. Yeah, you kind of was pretty he good. He was at great. That. Yeah, that sarcastic thing that he had about him. <laughs> yeah, it was. Very believable. Now, <clears throat> the person that requested this Philip Seymour Hoffman episode said, you have to talk about State and Maine. And my brother and I saw it a long time ago when it came out, okay? And so, what I remember of it, that's a fun project. Yeah. A lot of different actors, a lot of cool, William H. Macy. Yeah. Alec Baldwin, okay? Sarah Jessica Parker's in there. A lot of great actors. Um, a fun play written by David Mamet, uh, just, it's about a movie being done in this small town. They have to shut off uh, Main Street. <clears throat> Lots going on, and and they have to sort of make it work. And Hoffman plays a writer. That's his script, and he's all involved. Just a fun movie. A great performance by Hoffman. Um, and one I wanted to touch on and talk about with Hoffman. State in Maine. If you've never seen it, check it out. It's worth it. It's hard to find. Okay. I try to go on, watch it. You can't even rent it. Like, on some of these sites, you can go on there and like, you can rent it for like yeah, four like bucks. Yeah, like on Hulu and yeah. Amazon. And... It said it wasn't available. Like, what the fuck? In this day uh, and age? <laughs> I know, right? Like, everything should be available. Everything should be available. What's the problem? Get the rights. Come on. So fucking ridiculous. But anyways. We're so, so spoiled. Yeah. Everything oh. should be right at our fingertips. We are spoiled. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we're getting to that point, people. I know. We're at that point. If you're going to do it, just do it. Fucking shit. Okay. Dude, okay, not a big role in the next one. Almost famous, but I love this movie. Oh, it's great. Cameron Crowe wrote the, or directed it and wrote it. I think he wrote it. He wrote and directed it. Did he really? Okay, this was his baby. Yeah. What a great role. You're not cool, man. I've seen you. It goes, yeah. I met you. Yeah. You're not cool. <laughs> I mean, this was like the, 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 it was in the previews for this movie. It's uh-huh. that line. He's like, I bet you're not cool. You're not cool. You know, man. like that was, <laughs> it was already set up. Like you knew this, you knew this line already before yeah. you even saw it. Yeah. Um, but he only shot for four days. Okay. He was so busy during this time. <laughs> and he was sick those whole four days. Oh, he wasn't feeling well. He had the freaking flu. Oh, man. Those whole sucks. four days. Yeah, you got to play that into the character, man. Right? Didn't seem sick. He didn't look sick to me, but he took a bunch of... Yeah, it's impressive. That's pretty impressive. But I, I don't know, like... Like you said, man. All his performances. They're dead on, man. Yeah. You like you, him. Di- is that what it is? He's so likable? Yeah. Okay? Even if he's a dick? <clears throat> You oh, st- yeah. You still like him. Absolutely. And I kind of, that's how I judge an actor. Because even if they're playing a dick, you should still like them. And I dog performances where there's an actor playing somebody that's not likable. And that's okay. 
There are unlikable characters in movies, folks. Yeah, well, lots of them. I mean, I'll be honest. The first time I saw Patch Adams in that character, I was like, I hate this guy. But that's because it was so good. I mean, it, it's okay to hate a character mm-hmm. if they're believable. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if they're so bad, you're just like, mm, fuck this guy. But, okay, so you're saying you respect the performance. W- w- right. But I'm saying it goes beyond that. I can respect their performance, but in a way, I like them, even though they're a dick. There's something about them that uh, I like. Okay, yeah, all right. Now, is, I, I okay, what you mean. is that Phil, though? Because you bring yourself into the role. I mean, that's him. Yeah, well, <clears throat> in his own words, he he's when he takes on a character... He, he deciphers, okay, how much is this character like me, and how much is this character not like me? Okay. <clears throat> and he would try to bring those two together. I like, know? yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, I mean, he would try to bring on both of that. It wasn't just him. He would try to bring this other part of that's not him into that character. A part that's, okay. That's not him at all. Mm. That's what made him really great, I feel. That's deep. It's like it's not <laughs> just, you know, his bringing himself. He's like, "Okay, I can relate to this and and and, uh-huh. and that's kind of like me." But this other part, that's not like me at all. Hmm. So he would okay. mesh those two things together. You try to figure out like, "Okay, how can I bring that part into myself that's not me at all?" Right. You shouldn't Okay, that's a great point. There are no restrictions with this guy. And, and, and right. Okay. Right. All right, there may not be a characteristic of someone you're going to play you like. Okay, that's common, Yeah, I think. And as an actor, you should take that on. Be like, fuck, yeah. I may not like what that person's doing, my character, but I'm going to reach out, bring that in, and appreciate it, and kind of dive into that and go, yeah, I'm going to do the best I can with right. that. Make that's a, a challenge. Make it a part of you. Yeah. Even though it may be a very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and... Uh, he, he was able to do that, though. I want to bring up... <clears throat> this is not going off base. I want to bring up Daryl Hannah, who's in Wall Street. She hated playing that role in Wall Street because it was materialistic character, and she wasn't materialistic. She struggled with the role and pouted about it <clears throat> on set. And I say, boo fucking who? Mm. What, what makes you so special? <laughs> okay. Okay, you got Oliver Stone giving you a role in a movie. Okay, and you don't like that character because they're material. Take hold of it. That should be a challenge, then, right? Yeah. It, it, what's, it, what's wrong with that? Well, uh, I'm not I don't mean sh- to dog on Daryl. No, but- I, I don't know what the context of what she meant by that. It could have been just like it. It, it could be just a throwaway comment that she made. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like that she was materialistic because I'm not like that. And it was. Oh no, dude! She pouted on set because of it. Uh, oh, she was hard to work with because. She didn't like the, her character. Yeah. What the, okay, yeah, that's pretty stupid. Then quit. Yeah. I mean, real seriously. I mean, yeah. when I see that or I hear something like about that, it makes me go, well, okay, so you're turning down roles because you don't like the character. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you're just, and I guess maybe that's what some actors do. They pick and choose their roles because they want to play a certain type. Wow, you're really restricting yourself. Be brave. That's what Hoffman was. Yeah. And is that why we like him so much? Is that a part of it? Yeah. When you really Absolutely. dive into it. Absolutely. Is it 
the choices he made as an actor. That's part of it, yes. But it's him as a person. You like him. Yes. And, and I'll, sell, I'll, I'll say this, that when we've done these episodes and we've been researching these different actors and, you know, doing a deep dive into some of these people, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't like them as much as I used to or hmm. I love them more. And when I, I did this one, I loved him even more. God, yeah, you got that right. Me too. And I didn't feel like I, I like him was... less. No. That never even <laughs> crossed my mind. I was just like... No. I already love this guy, but now I love him and respect him even more because I do believe he was a really good dude. I do too. Um, and I think passion and his focus, which was a focus was a word that kept coming up in either interviews with mm -hmm. him or people describing him was focus. Focus. And that's really important because it, it comes across you, you know, he's so involved. Mm-hmm. And he makes it so believable that I can't help but just be enamored by everything he had done. To never give a bad performance is uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> it's a pretty hard thing to do. Because even some of the great ones do. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but I put him up there with uh, any any great actor you could throw at me. I'd be like, He's yeah, up there. they could go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Absolutely. And Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm looking down. We're at an hour. We're going to split it up. I knew this would happen. <laughs> We're going to split up into two parts, folks. Philip Seymour Hoffman, part one of the actor's room. We're going to wrap up. Uh, a good way to end it, talking about Phil, maybe a little bit more about him, his acting, just who he is as a person. We're going to talk more about that in the next part of this two-part episode of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Thank you so much for listening, for joining us here today talking about this brilliant artist, and we'll continue next week. God bless you. Have a good one.
Thank you.